just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. I got to be upfront and honest with you. I got a little bit of a bug today. My throat's scratchy. My nose is runny. I don't think it's COVID. I mean, I've had both shots, both boosters. I've had COVID before. I don't think it's that, but I'm going to lay low in the condo uh, until I feel better. That's probably the safest thing to do. Uh, But I'm going to push along and do the podcast anyway. Back when I was doing traffic reports on the radio, uh, I would often get sick and still have to go in and do the podcast, mainly because there was nobody to back me up. And uh, in that job, if you don't show up, everybody in the fucking world knows you didn't come to work. So I would come there even when I was sick and try to tough it out. So this isn't anything new to me. The only time they kicked me out of the studio when I was doing the traffic reports is when I completely lost my voice. And um, that happens when I try to overexert my voice when I'm in this kind of condition. So my voice will sound different here. It'll sound more scratchy. But I'm also going to sit closer to the microphone and speak lower so I don't have to um, lose my voice because that wouldn't be optimal for doing this podcast. So anyway, you got the explanation up front and uh, just deal with it. We'll get through this. It'll be fine. Um And, of course, we've been starting the shows off a lot with uh, voicemails and emails, and I do have one email. Just a reminder to you, I encourage you to send me emails or voicemails, and you can do that by sending them directly to me at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm, find the Rational Boomer podcast, and leave me a voicemail. I'm always anxious to hear from you. And I believe this is a new person writing this time. He says, Mike, first, thank you for your podcast. I recently started listening, and I enjoy your thoughts. We're on the same page, but I'm more emotional than you, and you seem to be more, well, rational, (laughs) and it calms me down. You're absolutely right. This is one of the things I train myself. People make the most mistakes when they react, and they're emotional. If you can hold that back, think clearly, be calm, You're going to get through whatever problem you have much easier than if you get all emotional and just react. Uh, That always turns out badly. He goes on, I think to understand where I'm coming from, you need to understand one premise. I believe that the Christian right wants a theocracy, which of course is impossible without an authoritarian regime. They are willing to trade in democracy to force the others to follow their moral beliefs. I agree with you. We have this thing about the separation of church and state. They don't think that's a thing. They think uh, religion should control everything, and that never works out well. Then he says, ever since Trump was elected in 2016, I've been struggling with whether or not I should emigrate to Canada. My internal struggle is whether or not to fight for our democracy. 
To be clear, I love America, and if the Russians were invading our land, you bet I'd fight and be willing to die for America. If we do lose our democracy, and I'm still here, I'll fight and likely die for the cause. If indeed half the country votes Republican in November, which I expect, I believe it's the end of democracy. Do I fight for a country that has essentially made its choice? I'm starting the emigration process, and I know I'm not the only one. I would very much enjoy hearing you contemplate this dilemma, which I know a lot of Americans are weighing as we wait for the outcome of the midterms. Thank you. Joshua. That's an interesting letter. I guess I didn't realize there are people honestly thinking about leaving the country and going to Canada. And I'll be honest with you, Canada is a perfectly beautiful country. It would be a good place to go. I would go there if I had no options. But here's the thing. You're coming into this with a negative attitude. You're assuming the negative. You're assuming that the Republicans will win in the midterms. You're assuming it's going to go badly. And you're assuming that you're going to have to leave the country because it's going to be so bad. And there's the fatal flaw. You don't go into anything assuming you're going to lose or assuming the negative because inevitably you'll bring that on yourself. I don't think um, that the midterms are a foregone conclusion. I don't at all. I think there's a lot of factors in this. Uh, Joshua, you're getting all this information from television, and they will tell you that history says that if you get a Democratic president elected, then in the midterms, the Republicans will win. Historically speaking, that may be true. It hasn't always happened, but mostly it has. The thing you're forgetting about, though, is that history has never seen anything like we're seeing right now. We're seeing... uh, a former president who tried to overthrow this country. We're seeing uh, people in Congress trying to turn over an election and overthrow this country. There's a lot of investigations. There's a lot of information coming out. We're going to have uh, televised hearings with the January 6th committee, and this is going to expose a lot. And this is going to do a lot of damage to the Republican Party. Now, keep in mind, you're sure that the Republicans are going to win in the midterms, but guess who isn't sure? Mitch McConnell. He's worried. Mitch McConnell is concerned that all these Trump endorsees, these crazy motherfuckers, are actually going to end up being the candidates. And Mitch McConnell knows if that's the case, they are going to lose some races. If Warnock runs against Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker's in trouble. I know you're going to tell me about the polls. Well, they're close. They're close. Don't worry about the fucking polls. It's a much different situation, and we're six months away from the election. A lot of things can happen. These same people that tell me the midterms are a foregone conclusion for the Republicans are the same ones that told me in 2020 that Donald Trump was definitely going to win. They were worried about it. They were concerned about it. And they assumed the worst. But guess what? Donald Trump lost in a big fucking way. You can't go into anything assuming the worst. And you always must fight for the greater good, for truth, for justice. Now, Joshua, here's the deal. If you assume that this country is going to go 
to an authoritarian country or a theocracy or whatever you want to call it, and you decide just to bail, that's fine. That's your prerogative. But here's the problem with that. If everybody does that, then you're creating your greatest fear. You're making it happen in this country. And if you think going to Canada is going to get you away from that, it's not. Because if it happens here, you can bet they're next going to look to Canada. And then at that point, you say, well, shit, maybe I better go to England. Maybe I better go to Mexico or whatever. There is never a good time to run. And I'll, I'll tell you this, Joshua, you're talking about fighting and dying for what you believe. And, and that's great. But when we're talking about... Uh, uh, fighting against the autocracy or the theocracy or whatever it is, you're not going to die from this. This doesn't involve fighting in the streets. There won't be fighting in the streets, but it does involve standing up, pushing back, and getting loud. I mean, this is how the Republicans got to where they are now. They control the narrative. They uh, talk loud and long, and they don't shut up. And they keep talking until people believe what they say, at least a small faction of people. We must do the same thing as Democrats, as liberals, as whatever you want to call us, independents. You've got to do the same thing. You've got to return the favor. This isn't insurmountable. This midterm thing isn't absolute. There's a lot of things different this time around than we've seen in previous midterms. So take that as some positivity. Uh, take that and consider that. But to run away to Canada, and I'm not saying you're, uh, you're a coward because obviously not you're willing to fight for your country. But I understand your point. You just want to get away from it. You don't want to be under the cloud of whatever, uh, whatever uh, authoritarian government we might have here. I get that. But before you do that, you should fight back. You should push back. You should yell and scream and do everything you can. Now, people like you or me will say, what can we do? There's nothing we can do. We're just one person. Well, one person can start another person, and they start two more people. It's important that you push back. Don't just give up. There is never a time in anything you do that giving up is the right choice. It's just not the fucking right choice. I'm telling you, Joshua, and I'm not trying to lecture to you, and I'm not trying to put you down here. I'm trying to tell you that it's all about mindset. What you believe will happen, what you believe you can do, you will be able to manifest that if you keep working hard. It may not turn out exactly the way you think or work the way you want it to, but if you keep pushing forward and you're positive about yourself and about what you're going after, you will get that. I'll tell you this. My attitude with the midterms is my mentality, based on looking at all the facts, I personally think the Democrats are going to win in a big way. Now, most people will disagree with me because they will look at the negative. I'm looking at the positive. Could I be wrong? Absolutely. But people are afraid of being wrong, and you shouldn't be afraid of being wrong. It's about an ego thing for them, I think. And it's not ego or emotional for me. I've done many things in my life where I've been wrong. And uh, when I've been wrong, I don't take it to heart. I don't cry. I don't weep. I don't curl up in the corner in a fetal position. I don't do any of that. I look at it as say, okay, that didn't work. 
Now, I still want what I want. Now I got to figure out how to do it differently. Take it as a learning moment and then decide what you got to do instead to make it work. There is never any question that you're going to make it work, that it's going to be positive. Maybe you don't get it on the first time around, but you will get it if you keep pushing. So Joshua, what I would suggest to you is just stay where you are. Fight. You don't have to fight in the streets. It isn't going to be like Ukraine here. You've got to fight with your mouth and your mind, and you've got to continue to push. And if everybody did that, we would have no problems. There's a lot of things to be positive about with these midterms. You don't get it on television because they like the drama, the trauma, and the turmoil. That's what gets them people to watch their programs. But the fact of the matter is, is uh, it's not as bad as it looks. And let's say during the midterms, the Republicans win back the House and win back the Senate. Well, that's not optimal for this country. That's not a good thing for this country. But then people are saying, well, then they'll get a Republican in the presidency in 2024. Again, that's not a foregone conclusion. I'll tell you right now, Donald Trump isn't going to run in 2024. He won't. He maybe won't be capable of it, whether it be for his health or whether it be his legal problems. There'll be somebody else. And as Donald Trump starts endorsing these people for the midterms and they start losing, they will abandon Donald Trump. They won't need him anymore. When he's no good to them, he, they will throw him away like yesterday's garbage. And then they'll try to pull back and try to get back to normal again. Once this all doesn't work for them, they'll change it up in a fucking minute. Don't assume the worst for this country. We've been through a lot of things. I tell people, yeah, the 2020s are a tough time. But I'll be honest with you, in some ways the 1960s were a lot tougher. There was a lot more shit, a lot more violence going on in the 1960s. There was a lot more turmoil. There was a war. There was assassinations. There was riots. There were college kids getting killed. And it was every fucking day. Now, I was born in 1960, and when I went through the 60s, I didn't know any different. I had just assumed that's how the world is, and I adjusted to it. But the 60s, in many ways, was tougher than what we're seeing now. And guess what? We got through it. We got out of it. I'll be honest with you, in the 60s, early 70s, there were people that were just as fatalistic as what you're talking about. But again, they spent all that time struggling and stressing over this stuff. And in the end, it was just wasted effort, wasted energy. So don't waste the energy. Don't assume the negative. Go after the positive. And if you make a mistake, okay, just do something different. Joshua, you need to uh, calm down. It's not going to be that bad, I promise you. Well, let's start off. With something funny in my mind, let's start off with uh, a double shot of dipshits. First of all, Mike Lindell has announced the first preliminary injunctions are coming out on Thursday. What does he mean by preliminary injunctions? I don't know what the fuck he means. Nobody knows what Mike Lindell means half the fucking time. 
And what's that mean, preliminary injunctions? Does that mean they're not real injunctions? They're just preliminary injunctions? But of course, he qualified this. He says, yeah, Thursday, they're coming out, assuming everything goes okay. <laughs> now, Mike Lindell has said there's going to be some prizes. It's going to shock the world. You won't believe it. But he says it's going to happen Thursday if everything goes right. Well, let me explain something to you. Since Mike Lindell came on the scene in November with this uh, election fraud, stop the steal thing, nothing, nothing has gone right for Mike Lindell. He's been wrong every fucking time. He's told us, oh, no, here come the... Uh, here comes the absolute proof. Here comes the evidence. Even when he had his little telethon there, his own people, his own experts said, yeah, yeah, there's nothing there. He can't possibly come up with any kind of evidence because it never happened and there is no evidence. But he's got to somehow stay alive by keeping himself in the news. I'm surprised he only put it out to Thursday because when Thursday comes and nothing happens, well, There'll be a lot of trouble there. One of the other things he did is he admonished journalists, talking about, well, the, the journalists are, are talking about subpoenas and uh, talking about lawsuits, but they're not talking about the biggest crime in history, the one he's talking about. He says, well, they're going to be embarrassed when this evidence finally comes out. Here's the thing. I can't wait for Thursday. Because I know he's got nothing. He's got fucking nothing. And he's going to be embarrassed, just like he's been embarrassed every time since November. This is what Republicans do. They talk bullshit. They try to scare and terrify and create chaos. But they never have anything backing it up. When it comes down to it, there's no evidence. They aren't as tough as they used to be. So... Come Thursday, we will see what happens. But what I thought hilarious about this little rant, he did it on his uh, Mike Lindell TV show, internet, fucking whatever the hell it is. And he's ranting and raving and so proud and so cocky and so certain that Thursday, it's all going to come crashing down on the Democrats, which it won't. I was impressed by one thing with him, though. I was impressed by the fact that he doesn't miss a trick. While he's sitting on this show ranting and raving, there's a banner along the bottom. And the banner says, here's a promotion code so you can get 66% <laughs> off my pillows. Wow. I mean, I got to tell you that my pillows were pretty expensive for a time for being a shitty pillow. And people were buying them. But since Mike Lindell went off the rails and is kissing Donald Trump's ass, he's having trouble selling these things. These things that were going for 50, 75, 80 bucks a piece, maybe more than that. Now he's giving you 66% off just to buy it. They don't do that because they're selling a lot of them. They do that because they aren't selling shit. And Mike Lindell has single-handedly probably buried a very successful company at one point. He got lucky to be successful with that company. I mean, a former crackhead, kind of a dipshit and a goofball. He got lucky. 
He should have just sat on that, kept his mouth shut, and kept it running and make as much money as he could. But now he couldn't do that. He's got to wade into these conspiracy theories and all these bullshit comments. And uh, now he's pretty much buried himself. And now we're waiting for Thursday. That's when it's going to all come down. This is like the tenth time when it's all going to come down. Mike Lindell's going to look like a joke because he is a fucking joke. And he shouldn't even be a player in this whole process of getting through these uh, insurrectionists and such. Now, the other dipshit I want to bring up, there's this old man, Bill O'Reilly. Now, you remember Bill O'Reilly. One time he had a television show. One time he was famous, had some power, probably had some money. Well, this guy was going to go on a trip to the Turks and Caicos Islands. I've been there once many, many years ago, and it's a beautiful place, so it sounds like it was going to be a nice vacation. So now he checks in to the JetBlue um, customer service desk. And there's some customer service people behind the desk. Not unlike what my wife does on a part-time basis. I've told you about that. Um, But when he gets up there, now there's video of this, so you can look for it on the Internet. Uh, When he gets up there, he's told that the um, flight is going to be delayed three hours. Well, now, of course, Bill O'Reilly's an important man. He's a powerful man. He can't tolerate that shit. So he started yelling at the customer service agent. Because we all know that when it comes to delaying planes, customer service agents are the ones (laughs) deciding that, right? Well, anyways, he starts getting really kind of mean, and he's yelling. And he says, you're a scumbag, and you're going to lose your job. And when he said that, I found that ironic. Because didn't Bill O'Reilly lose his job for, I don't know, being a scumbag? Sexually harassing and sexually abusing women? Yeah. He's the scumbag. He's the one that lost his job. And this poor kid behind the desk for JetBlue is just doing his job. He can't. He can't change anything. He can't make the flight go faster. But somehow Bill O'Reilly doesn't understand that. And he needs to take his wrath out on somebody. And it's just poor kid making 15 bucks an hour just trying to do a fucking job. But that's what Bill O'Reilly's about. He's like Donald Trump. He's like all the Trumple fuck. He's a bully. He thinks he can push his way through anything and get his way every time. Sorry, Bill. Not this fucking time. Now, here's the question I have, though. Here's Bill O'Reilly, this big TV star, powerful, all kinds of money, right? Well, my question is, Bill, why the fuck are you flying JetBlue, a discount carrier? I would think you'd be a Delta or something better, or maybe even a private jet. But, Bill, you're going to JetBlue. Now, there's a lot of, a lot of flights being canceled or delayed. And the reason for that is because of uh, staffing. There isn't a lot of people, uh, enough people on staff to get everything done. And if you can't have enough staff, well, you just can't fly. I mean, when you fly a plane off with a bunch of people on board, you have to have a certain amount of things. You have to have uh, a pilot and a co-pilot, and you have to have at least three flight attendants. If you are short one flight attendant, that plane is not flying. 
And that may have been what happened. That's why they had to delay it. They had to bring somebody in, and they couldn't be there till three hours later. But Bill's all tough guy about this shit, and he's uh, he's going to yell at this kid. And, I mean, Bill O'Reilly, do you even remember this guy? Some of you younger folks probably don't. It's been a while since he's been on TV. I barely remember this fuck. The only thing I remember of him is when they have these outtakes uh, when he's mad on the air, there was a video out that says, we're just going fucking live because he was so upset about how something was going. Bill is a time bomb ready to go off. And that's why he no longer works in the business. I think he's got a podcast or something, but he's certainly not the powerhouse he was on television. And this idiot who did get fired for being a scumbag, has the audacity to yell at some kid making a small amount of money just doing his job, calling him a scumbag, uh, and telling him he's going to be fired in spite of the fact this kid has no control over when the flight leaves. This happens all too often, by the way. I've heard this from my, uh, my wife. She's seen it happen all the time. There's always some dipshit that walks up to the counter and says, look, I need my tickets. And they'll say to him, you need to put on your mask. You need to put on your mask. And they'll ju- he'll just look like you don't, they don't know what they're talking about. And then he'll argue a little bit. And then he'll say, they'll say, look, if you don't put on the mask, you're not flying. You're just not flying. So you can go over there and buy a mask. And then magically, somehow they come up with a mask in their pocket or their purse or whoever it is, and they put it on begrudgingly. (laughs) They came up with the intention of just being a dick and trying to uh, cause chaos and show somebody how tough they are. Here's what you need to understand about when you're going into an airport. There's two things you've got to do. You've got to be there two hours early. That's not a if, and, or maybe. You got to be there two hours early because you got to get checked in. Your uh, bags need about 45 minutes to get from the uh, check-in to the plane. So if you're there shorter than 45 minutes before you fly, (laughs) your luggage isn't going to get there. And if you get there too late and you happen to go up to security and the line is long, well, you could be in that line for 45 minutes and you're going to miss your flight. If you dick around and act a fool or act violent or act aggressive or don't wear a mask, those sorts of things, they can just take you off the plane. They have the power to do that. So you need to just be on your best behavior. Show up early, shut your mouth, do what you're supposed to do, get on the flight, and go. Because, you see, it's not just you that's being infringed on here. It's the other people on the flight. Things are delayed because people are late and all these sorts of things. And what you're doing is causing all these other people problems because you're a fucking dick. Now, we have this new thing where the mask mandate is off. You can make a choice as to whether you wear a mask or not. And, of course, many people won't wear a mask. And that's fine. It's perfectly legal at this point. The mandate is off. They may appeal it. But um, not yet. So if you're flying tomorrow, the next day, the next day, you don't have 
to wear a mask. But here's what I'm going to tell you, because these Trump fucks have this tendency to not want to wear a mask, but if they see somebody else wearing a mask, they want to get in their face and they want to argue with them. Just shut the fuck up. You want your rights, correct? These people want their rights too, and you have no business giving somebody shit for wearing a mask. Just shut the fuck up. Do what you got to do. Get there early and get on the fucking plane, for Christ's sake. All right, we're going to take a break, and we will be right back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. You know, I was just thinking about it. These tough trump I don't know if I have COVID right now. I doubt I do. But if I did, or if we just don't know if I did, I'd love to have some of those Trumplifox come meet me someplace and sit real close. See how courageous you are. Maybe I have COVID. Maybe I don't. But you don't care. It's a fucking hoax. So let's get a table. We'll all crowd around it. And we'll just talk about how great Donald Trump is. I bet you none of the motherfuckers show up because they're gutless pieces of shit. I get so tired of dealing with these people, and normally I just don't deal with them, but sometimes they get in your face and you have no other choice. My goal in talking to them is always embarrassing them, because that's the thing they hate the most. They hate to be thought of as stupid, when in fact they are stupid. So sometimes I laugh at them, sometimes I make fun of them, sometimes I do whatever. And granted, you know, this could cause some people to get violent, but normally that's not the case. They're cowards, and uh, they're insecure as fuck. And if you know how to exploit their insecurity and make them feel bad, normally they just run away because they have no courage. Speaking of dumb Trump fucks, there are many reasons uh, people in Florida and around the country want to cancel Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. Even Donald Trump's not feeling him lately because Ron is talking about the prospect of running for president. And I hope he does because he's a crazy, stupid motherfucker and has no chance at winning. And if Donald Trump decides to run, and I don't believe that's going to happen, I would love to see Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump fight it out leading up to the election. That'll just split apart the Republican Party and make it harder for them to win. Now, Ron DeSantis, in the things he's said and the things he's done, clearly he's a racist. He's a homophobe. He's the, he hates LGBTQ people. He's attempting to suppress voting for people of color, taking constitutional rights away from women with this anti-abortion thing. He's an all-out piece of shit. He's the exact exact contradiction of what a governor should be and what an American should be. Why this isn't enough to get him run out of town on a rail is impossible to fathom for me. Why he isn't being run out on a rail is just fucking crazy because he's like a uh, 
Marvel villain. You know, he's that fucking bad. But his latest threat might be the final nail in his coffin. So just hear me out here. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is following through on his promise to try and cancel a 1967 deal between the state of Florida and Walt Disney Company that could leave the company on the hook for millions of dollars in taxes and also give them less autonomy with their property. Now, apparently, when uh, Disney came in with Disney World into Florida, Florida could see the advantages financially and for tourism and that sort of thing, so they cut them some deals, which is pretty common. They probably gave them better tax rates, and they let them pretty much police their own property. I mean, Disney World's a pretty big thing, and they have their ways of doing things. And if you're telling uh, the city of Orlando or whoever it is, the state police, you say, look, you don't have to worry about this. We will have security. We will have police officers. You don't have to deal with it. Well, that's a good thing for the city because it's a lot less expense to them. And while they are getting tax cuts, they are paying a lot of taxes uh, for being there. So the deal was reasonable to cut. Now, Ron DeSantis probably wasn't even born when this fucking happened. DeSantis announced a special session coming up with legislatures, legislators would take this issue up. They would discuss this issue and uh, possibly vote to take away this deal and change it up. Now, DeSantis is, a, is angry at Disney. Now, Disney did nothing illegal. Disney had the audacity to criticize him and oppose a new Florida law that limits educators discussing LGBTQ issues in the classroom. Apparently, Florida is a fascist state. If you can be punished for speaking out against the government, well, that is, in essence, fascism. And that is what uh, Ron DeSantis is employing and supporting in his state. If you're a Ron DeSantis voter, please tell me what it is you like so much about fascism. But here's the real problem. Florida depends on tourism to keep their state's economy going. Disney World is the number one vacation destination in Florida, if not the country. Disney has more money than God. They're relatively litigious. And if it's Ron DeSantis against Disney, Ron is going to get his ass whooped, not to mention how it will affect Florida's businesses and citizens. Disney is going to be out for blood. The citizens are going to be out for blood. The businesses are going to be out for blood. Disney World is a big part of the economy in Florida. And it's not just Disney making money. It's the other businesses in and around Disney World, restaurants, stores, those hotels, those sorts of things. And if you do this to Disney and Disney does something crazy like says, Okay, we're going to shut down for a year. They got enough money to do it. They had to do it through the fucking COVID uh, pandemic. So say, fuck you. We're not doing it anymore. You make no money from us. And all the people around us are not going to make money. You think this is going to piss off citizens and business people in Florida? 
See, that's 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 the problem with a guy like Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump. Their egos are so huge, when somebody has the audacity to contradict them, they will burn some bridges. Unfortunately, they can't afford to burn these kinds of bridges. It's going to cost their states a lot. And it's also going to cause them not to be reelected. But they're so arrogant, they do it anyway. Again, this goes back to what I've said before about a bully tactic. A bully comes up, makes a threat, assumes you're going to fold up and die. But when you don't, all they do is ramp it up a little more, and then a little more, and then a little more, up until the time the bully gets himself in trouble. He's writing a check that his ass can't cover. And that's where Don Ron DeSantis is headed at this point. He is entering into a fight with Disney, and I'll be honest with you, he can't win this fucking fight. There is no way. There are going to be people in Florida and around the country that will take a hit because of what Ron DeSantis is doing, and it's going to cause him a lot of problems, much like what we saw with Abbott in Texas. We had the whole power grid failure. We've had the anti-abortion, the voter suppression. We had them closing down the border, keeping trucks back from coming into the state, affecting businesses in the state, affecting the people in the state, losing money by the handfuls in terms of taxes. This is what Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis are both doing. And they don't even realize that this is going to end up cutting their throat. People are going to get tired of it. They get more erratic, more chaotic, and they think that because they're geniuses or because they're so popular or so smart, they're going to get through this, but they're not. That's the one thing I will say to you. As we see how things get crazier and crazier out there with uh, governors and senators and congressmen, and people that are running for office or running for re-election to office, this can't go on forever. The crazy people are going to be kicked out. The Republican Party understands the problem here. Mitch McConnell understands the problem here. If you've got people that have damaged their states, they aren't going to get re-elected. And the crazier they are, if they're running against a normal Democrat, they are going to lose elections. And then we've got all the uh, majority in the House and the Senate. This is why I say to Joshua, don't worry about it so much, because whatever happens, happens. There's not much we can do about it. But we can fight like hell up until that point. And what they're doing to themselves, meaning the Republicans, is hurting themselves every day. And for whatever reason, they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. They just keep putting their head down and digging the hole deeper. So let them dig the fucking hole. The crazier these people act, the crazier these people talk, it is going to be a plus for the Democrats. You have to trust in that. People always say, well, we'll get half the country voting Republican. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. The people who really follow people like Ron DeSantis and Don Trump and uh, and Greg Abbott is really the base, and we're talking about 32%, 33%. There are other people in the Republican Party that did vote for Donald Trump, 
in the presidential election. You'll say 71 million people voted for Donald Trump. Well, a lot of this has to do with people who just vote Republican, will not vote Democrat, and uh, that's why he got so many votes. But the fact of the matter is, is when they see all this information coming out, see these crazy actions by these people, they'll either vote Democratic or they won't vote at all, or they'll vote Independent. But the bottom line is if these votes don't go to the Republicans, they're in deep shit. Joe Biden won by 7 million votes and won the uh, Electoral College. Oh, yes, they are trying to do the gerrymandering and the voter suppression and such. But there's one way to beat that, and that's by huge numbers. People will say, well, the midterms normally get less people coming out. Yes, that's true, historically speaking. But as I've said... This is a little different time than what we've ever seen in history. There are people that are scared, like, say, Joshua. They're going to make an effort to get out and vote. Joe Biden got 81 million votes, the most votes in the history of any presidential candidate, because they were scared of Donald Trump. We keep up that intensity between now and November you're going to see a similar turnout. Maybe not as big as 81 million, but bigger than we normally see, just like we did in 2020. So just relax. Let these guys fuck up. Let them do what they're doing, because they're only hurting themselves. And speaking about somebody who is hurting themselves, let's talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Well, she's finally going to get a taste of some accountability. And she is nervous as fuck about it, to say the least. There is a group of citizens in Georgia that want to keep her off the ballot this coming November because of her role, the role that she played in the January 6th insurrection. Now, the scary part for Marjorie in this situation is that she is going to be required to testify in court under oath. And in addition to that, the press will be allowed in the courtroom. It will be videotaped, and I believe it's going to be streamed live as well. So, (laughs) this woman is going to have to go to court under oath. She's going to have to tell the truth or be charged with perjury, and she is nervous as fuck. Marjorie is upset and worried how these lawyers will make her look bad. Well, I would say, Marjorie, don't worry about it. You'll do just fine on your own, making yourself look bad. I'm confident, Marjorie, you got this. They won't have to do much at all. By you being under oath and spewing the conspiracy theories and the stupid bullshit that you do, you're going to bury yourself on your own. The lawyers won't even have to work that hard. Now, in order to keep Marjorie Taylor off the ballot, The lawyers for the plaintiffs will have to prove that she participated in the insurrection. Now, we all know that she did. She was spewing conspiracy theories. She may have given some tours. She may have attended some meetings. I assume the lawyers have some evidence that they're going to present. But the fact of the matter is it really doesn't matter whether she is going to be taken off the ballot or not. Let's assume they can't prove it to the uh, degree that the, the, the court needs it. Don't worry about that. 
There's going to be several days she's in court. It's going to be all on videotape. It's going to be all over the fucking media. And she is going to embarrass herself. Even before this trial, the chances of her getting reelected in November are so slim. She's already fucked up so much. She doesn't have any committee assignments. She's doing nothing but stirring shit up. The people of Georgia are tired of her bullshit, tired of being embarrassed by by uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and she's not going to get reelected. So even if they don't prove it and they don't keep her off the ballot, don't worry. She's going to be exposed for who she is, and she is going to be very embarrassed. And there is no way she's going to win the election in November. Hopefully this will be a warning sign to some of the other Trumplifucks. I mean, this is the thing they fear the most. Having to be under oath and try not to lie because they don't want to be charged with perjury. They know they're wrong. They know they've been lying. But under oath, they have no choice but to speak the truth or try to fake their way around it or maybe plead the fifth. None of that protects them. None of it protects them. Madison Cawthorn may be going through a similar situation in his state. The same situation that we're seeing with Marjorie Taylor Greene. But these people will ultimately expose themselves for who they are. They will be fools. They will be shamed. And you'll never see them again in politics. I guarantee you that's what's going to happen. Marjorie Taylor Greene has had a year and a half of running roughshod on the House of Representatives. Kevin McCarthy allowed her to do that. Same with Lauren Boebert, same with Gosar, same with uh, Gomert, uh, all these fucks. They have been allowed to do anything they wanted. Well, the uh, chickens are going to come home to roost because things are going to be exposed. And again, that goes back to what I said to Joshua. As all this shit happens, it's going to be very difficult for people to vote Republican because how bad the Republican Party is. Now, a lot of people who believe what the Trumple fucks say is because they only watch Fox. They don't know any of the facts because Fox doesn't tell them. But this is going to be so widespread and so much out there, it's going to catch their attention, and they're going to have to look at it. And when they do, they're going to go, holy shit, holy shit. I mean, they just did a, a test. They took a bunch of Fox viewers paid them money to watch CNN or MSNBC, and all of a sudden they got a different take on what was going on out there. It's just a matter of getting them the information. Our problem in America is the same problem Ukraine is having with Russia. We have a certain amount of people in our countries, both our countries, that don't hear the facts, don't know the truth. So now in Russia they're trying to feed more truth and more information into there, and they're having some success. And we're going to have to make this as loud and proud as we can make it so everybody hears it and sees it. And then they have to really take a close look at what's going on. There's probably 32% of this uh, country that will never change their mind. They will never believe anything because they are the base. But those people toward the middle... Even the normal Republicans, they're going to say, oh, Jesus Christ, I can't vote for somebody who committed insurrection. They'll either not vote, which is fine, or they'll vote Democratic or Independent or whatever. 
but Republicans will not get the votes. And this is why I think the midterms aren't going to be as bad as everybody's telling you. They want you to believe that. They want you to be scared. But I don't think that's true. If you really look at the facts, it doesn't make any sense that history will repeat itself. Because history is different now. We're in a different world. We're like in a different parallel universe. We're seeing things we've never seen before. So to expect the midterms to turn out like we've seen it in the past when things were normal, that's unrealistic. That doesn't make any sense. All right, we are going to wrap it up for the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you very much for spending time with me. Um, Again, if you have questions, comments, complaints, what have you, you can send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Or you can go to um, anchor.fm, look for the Rational Boomer podcast, and leave me a voicemail message. You have a great day. I'll try to get over this cold, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.